0: Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits. Long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclib 200 mg at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Small dose. Self help from the hip. Small dose. we are talking that shit. Small dose. they keeping it real. Small dose. With me and Anna Seals. So funky. <laughs> it's another edition of Small Doses, and ho-ho, this is a gem. I know you've been waiting for it. Side effects of A Breakup. Part one, because you know a part two is going to happen eventually. <laughs> That's just life. Loving to keep from crying. Yeah. So... This is uh, this is a, an episode that I feel like is super duper necessary because I think that, unfortunately, a lot of us are going through more breakups than we're going through, like, good relationships. I mean, even when we do go through a good relationship, it seems like, you know, all good things sometimes come to an end. So you got to deal with, like, how that happens. We've done side effects of a curve. In the past, which deals with rejection and all that. But this is really about dealing with the fallout of a breakup and like how you manage, you know, getting into the next space without carrying bitter baggage with you. And sometimes this shit is just like impossible. You gonna carry baggage with you. It's just it don't got to be bitter, bitter baggage. baggage. You know what I'm saying? Maybe make that shit some Louis Vuitton. You know what I'm saying? Make that shit, get that shit some, get make it a to me. All right where it's functional, got hella pockets, and uh, it's durable. You know what I mean? Nonetheless, the key is to have baggage that you can unpack. And it's like, it's a very, 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 very difficult thing to do sometimes, depending on the length of the relationship and the uh, the intensity of it and the trauma, etc. But we're going to talk about it. And uh, that's what the whole point of this show is, to talk about things. And I'm not an expert, but I am experienced. Jam dropping, jam dropping, jam dropping. We're dropping on these hoes. <sighs> ah, jam droppery. Today's jam dropping is very important. We're gonna break down missing a relationship versus missing this relationship. Mmm. Some of you all may be puzzled right there because you're like, "Hello." Oh. Yeah, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you because really, really, we realize that when we are in the midst of a breakup, we are mourning. Right. And I've talked about this on my Instagram before. It's like you build a world with somebody when you're dating them. And even if it's a shitty ass world, it's y'all's world. And even if that world is toxic and you're breathing in fumes that are giving you asthma and you keep coughing up because they're coughing up their bullshit and you're like, <laughs> it's still your world. And there's something about like humans where we just like the possession of like things, you know, like we do like that. And, and when we have a world that's that's ours that we possess, like we We feel connected to that, too. No matter how trash it was, we still have a certain connection to the fact that there was someone there in our world with us. And companionship is a real thing. And when people talk about, like, companionship and, you know, some people are are more isolated than others. But, like, don't forget, like, for, for the most part, all of us came from a womb where we were connected to somebody for nine months. So, We were born out of companionship. Like, that's the real thing. And then a lot of us, like, sucked on a tit for some more months. So companionship is kind of, like, built into a lot of our DNA. And some of us are trying to find it continuously. Some of us are like, I've had enough of that. I'm good. But the reality is, is that I think a lot of us, when we are breaking, when we go through a breakup, it's not that we miss this relationship. Sometimes it's really that we just miss a relationship. Now, I think it's an important distinction to make because depending on what side of the breakup you're on, it can change it, right? Like you'll have somebody who breaks up with someone who they knew was like really good for them, but they broke up with them because of their own insecurities or because maybe they maybe they were in maybe they had infidelity, you know, or maybe they were just disrespectful to a point where it was just like the other person couldn't handle it. That person, yeah, you missed this relationship. Because that person understands or at least has to have a certain level of awareness for the fact that, like, what they're missing is something that was good that they ruined. So you're not just missing uh, a relationship and, like, the idea of companionship. You're missing something that you destroyed, right? Right. So we've all been in some of those situations where you're just like, ooh, I fucked that up and I miss what it brought to me because it was something that was good and I tainted it to a point where it couldn't exist anymore. And, you know, sometimes you can get those things back. Sometimes it's like there's nothing that can be done. Like I know the person who I was last seeing, in order for them to even get like a semblance of my attention or apology, they would literally have to get on their knees and cry and I'm not even exaggerating Rebecca our producer is like Amanda and I'm dead ass serious Tajay would have to get on his knees and literally bow at my feet and beg for my forgiveness for his disgusting despicable narcissistic behavior for me to even give him a semblance of respect oh Oh, did I say his name? (laughs) so now there are times when what you do miss is a relationship and that's a really a doozy because that can happen regardless of <laughs> everyone in the room is, is suppressing laughter even Lando look at Lando <laughs> Lando's literally looking at me like oh, you gotta call these narcissists out you gotta let folks know because there are folks that are walking around here that have a, a history of hurting people and they don't get acknowledged. You know, we keep their secrets. We really, really do. We keep their secrets. And a lot of times what we do is we keep their secrets because we don't want to expose that we fell for it. You know, we don't wanna, we we don't wanna expose that we fell for it. We don't wanna look crazy. Well, y'all motherfuckers think I'm crazy already anyway. So I ain't got nothing to lose. But I do feel like it's very important to call out people who try to make people feel crazy, people who treat people in deleterious, hurtful ways and don't have to be held accountable for it. I'll call your mama. okay? I'll call your mama. But I think that when we don't do that, we keep the behavior going because that person doesn't have to have any consequences for their behavior. They don't have to be held accountable, you know, and I'm going to tell you what, I refuse to let anybody bobby me. Okay, I am not going to be derailed. I won't let it happen. I have too much light around me to let it happen in terms of the people that are in my space, in terms of the universe. So thank goodness people take certain people out of your space. But it doesn't change the fact that you still mourn The companionship that you had while they were in that space. You still mourn the world that you were building because building a world is like building a nest. It's like building a home. It feels good. It feels like this is somewhere where I can live and I can be safe, especially if you're a cancer. You know, like we're really big about our homes. So sometimes regardless of how things end, you still miss building a connection with somebody. You still miss the, not this relationship, but you miss a relationship because it also feels like promise. You know, it also feels positive. If you're a creative, especially, it also feels like you're creating something new, not just like creating in the artistic sense, but creating, you know, energy, creating things that are moving in a direction that is towards your wellness. Everybody loves to do that. Who does that? Like that's something that really means something. So when a breakup happens and that is undercut and that sand just like falls to the ground, that castle falls to the ground into a pile of sand, you find yourself sifting through it, you know, trying to just look for the shells of goodness to keep with you. You know, and that to me is what you're doing when you're mourning, the, the breakup. You know, you can't you can't look at it like you're missing this relationship. You just gotta understand that this was something that was good for you, it felt good, until it wasn't. And once it's not, you can't sit there too long looking for the shells, either. Like, you got to just <laughs> find what you can and keep it moving because tide's coming in. <laughs> and you got other, other castles to build. You know? You got other castles to build. But this is where a lot of us get stuck. A lot of us get stuck in this. And that's how we end up going back to shitty people. Because we think we miss this particular relationship. So then we try and go back to it. And a lot of us are so good at remembering, remembering good times, ain't we? Like, I can remember all the bad tweets. All the tweets where they called me a cunt nigga, bitch. I can remember all of that. But <laughs> after a relationship, I can remember all of the good things. And that's what you end up hanging your hat on. You're like, well, no, because oh, no, remember, that? remember that one time when I got the ice cream and then he got the wrong sprinkles and then he went back and got the right sprinkles. You know what? Let me call him. Let me call him. It. And it's like, no. Mm-mm. You got to remember all the times. Sometimes it's even an exercise and just writing it down. You know, I really believe in like putting things in front of your face, like putting it in front of your eyes. So when you find yourself in that moment where you're just like about to slip up, it's like get a pen, get a paper, write down the good times, and then write down the bad times. And when it's in front of you, you can really measure the scales. And that's when you can have it right there, clear. It's math. And it's like, oh, mm mm, two plus two equals no dice. No, it is not like that episode of Friends. That No, no. The pros and cons list with Rachel at the beach house is not the same thing. It is not the same thing, okay? Let me just clarify very quickly <laughs> because Brendan in here said it's like that episode of Friends. And then Rachel had to find out that Ross made the pros and cons list. And it's like, okay, a pro and a con is different than things that actually happened, Okay, pro and con is like, I like this about her, but I don't like this about her. That's different than like, no, you fixed my. Okay, perfect example. That's different than you got a room for my birthday. Great. And then the con is, but then you screamed at me in my room on my birthday because your dick wouldn't get hard. Everybody in this room thought I wasn't going to say it, but I said it. You know why? Because it's my fucking show. Let's keep it going. We're serving it. So, we're going to try and fit all of these in. It's about to go down. First question Is it okay for your parents to still be in communication with your ex after a breakup? Hey, it depends. What side of the breakup were you on? If you were the trash-ass person in the breakup, yeah, it kind of is okay. And sometimes it's basically like a helpful healing point for the other person. I remember I went to school with somebody. We were together for a year and a half. I used to go to their grandparents' house and have dinner with them and everything, and then he moved. He just, like, went to Fisk University for a visit and never came back. But his grandma was like, you know, I know that you're here in New York. You don't have family here. So if you still want to come and get, like, a home-cooked meal ever so often, feel free. And he was pissed about this. But I did—I still went over there a couple times, and she was like, I don't care if he's pissed. We still love you, Amanda. And just for the record, that's, like, literally how every parent is with me. Because they meet me, and they're like, you're going to save our son. And so they sidle up. My ex, like, my, like, last person that I was dating in New York— Uh, his mom still donates to literally anything I do she'll buy a ticket to a show and not come how about that next question how do you move on after ending a long term relationship I feel I've spent so much time focusing on improving myself and doing the typical things to keep myself busy but I'm so scared that I will never love with that same intensity again I've tried dating other people but I lose interest so fast lol ah what can I do I mean, unfortunately, there's no, like, timetable for this shit, you know? I mean, I suggest you get a dog. Uh, You know, like, I mean, that may sound crazy, but sometimes it's like you have—you just feel like you have all this love to give, and it's like there's nowhere to put it, you know? And that can feel very stressful, and um, it it almost feels like you're, like, spilling over, but— We can't control people, you know, and you can't control kind of like who comes around you and like who's in your like who finds their way into your space. All you can do is determine like who you want to keep in your space. And to that effect, it's like, I mean, I think what you what it sounds like you're learning is like what you want, you know, and you've met other people that are just kind of like not hitting for that. And I know it feels lonely and it can feel like, damn, I'm never going to meet anybody again. But that's just illogical. You know, at the end of the day, it's like the world has been turning forever and ever and ever and ever. And people meet people and then they meet somebody again. You know, and the time, the space that you're in right now is just one of those spaces where it's just like things are not happening on your timetable. And so it just feels like if it's not happening on that timetable, then it's, it's it's really not that you think you won't meet anybody again. It's just that you have no proof. That you'll meet somebody again that's showing itself to you. But what the proof is, is that we're in a world of people. And the odds are high, dude. Like the odds are high. Unless you're a recluse and you literally just live in your apartment and you don't leave, you still can meet the Uber Eats guy. Next question. How do you avoid contacting the person you just broke up with during emotional times? I actually just talked about this during our gem dropping segment um, where you kind of something that's really helped me is like putting it on paper. You know, putting on paper why you even got into this place. Why? How did this person kind of like get you to this place if they're the one that was fucking up? Now, if you're the one who fucked up and you're thinking about calling somebody during your emotional time, really just think about the selfishness of that. Because I think a lot of times we, we, we think like, oh, you know, I'm, fo- I'm going through it. So let me call this person to apologize. Do you really want to apologize? Is that what you really want to do? Or do you simply want to get a feeling that you didn't fuck up that bad? You know, do you simply want to have another opportunity to walk over the bridge? You know, and apologies, I talk about this on my Instagram. Apologies are very important because not all of them are done the same way. You know, some things you can do, am "my bad? Sometimes you can do, and I apologize. But a lot of times in relationships where, like, hurt has taken place, you can't just call to apologize. You're calling to listen. You're calling to understand. And you're calling to rectify. So it's not, don't call me to apologize. Call me to rectify Rectify. or to at least attempt to. And when I say rectify, that doesn't mean like we're going to necessarily get back together. But it just means that you're going to attempt to try to put a salve on the wound that you created so that I can go through life without having to figure out how to handle all of my shit, including sew up the wound that you created. And when we as humans take care of us, take care of each other in that way, it really shows a different level of humanity, you know? But you have to have a certain level of accountability to do that. So on one hand, if you're the one who took the L in the relationship, and, you, the well, not took the, the L, L, but if you're the one who got broken up with because somebody was being a ridiculous human being, or if you felt like you had to break up with somebody because they were being ridiculous, and you have one of those flashback emotion times, you know, you sometimes got to actually go to that negative place of like, what are the reasons why I'm in this place? You know, it's kind of like you got to picture it like the zombie apocalypse happened over there. And you're, you're picturing the time before the zombie apocalypse. But if you call them, the world you're going back to is the world after the zombie apocalypse. It's not the world that existed before. So you got to remember that, you know, because we can get trippy when we're in our emotional space. But the biggest tip that I can give, whether you were the person who broke up with or the person who caused the breakup, is just take a moment and breathe because we really can control our thoughts and we really can control our emotions and it just takes work it's so hard (laughs) it's like so hard but it's like sometimes you just have to like take a second (sighs) does this make sense is this good for me will this be problematic and listen, it's not even to say that the other side of that isn't going to be a problem, right? Because I've done that. I've, I've done the breathe. I've done the questions and still move forward and it still ended up shitty. But at least I knew that I didn't do something out of impulse. And I think we, we, we feel better about our decisions and the outcomes of them when we know that we thought it through. And we don't have the regret of like, ah, I should have. No, you did everything you had to. That person was just a fucking prick. Next question. A lot of fucking fuckings on this episode. I wonder why. I recently broke up with this man I love because I can't trust him. I know I made the right decision, but I'm still heartbroken. What can I do to ease my mind and help me overcome this? Is it crazy to love someone you don't trust? I feel like it is. Crazy is a hard word because I always define crazy as irrational behavior. And it's like, yes, it is irrational to, to trust someone that you don't trust. That's not trustworthy. That's irrational. But love exists in a different pocket than trust. (laughs) You know? Like, if that person is not trustworthy, but they're, like, really funny, you know? Or they're really considerate. Or they're really thoughtful. Like, your love is about those things, you know? You don't love that you don't trust them. But you love that they know all the words to Wilson Phillips' Hold On, you know? You love that they know all the choreography to New Edition If It Isn't Love. Like, you love that they know all of the ad-libs to Can You Stand the Rain. You love it. it! That's fine. But you, I think sometimes we mistake loving parts of a person to loving an entire person and to loving what they bring to us. And that's the other thing. It's like, you can love elements of a person and then remember like, yeah, but they have these other shits that are just like overpowering and they make them not, not practical to be with. That's how we feel about all our exes, right? Like when it comes down to it, like you can look back on the shittiest ex you've ever had and still be like, yeah, but he made some dope pancakes. And that's when you know that you've kind of like reached a certain place of healing, you know. Actually, the highest level of healing I feel like that you can experience is when you can masturbate to an ex without crying. Next question. This is actually an interesting one because this is about like being the friend of someone going through a breakup. If you're an adult with healthy boundaries, how much is too much for someone to be talking to you about their relationship problems? And how long is too long, in your opinion? At what point do you cut them off for trying to drag you down with them? I mean, that's all subjective, man. Everybody has different levels of that. You know, I feel like I have a super high level of that. But then I think that there's other people that are just like, like people like my mother who like you get maybe two combos in. And uh, that's a wrap on that. Yeah. So I think it's like you just kind of got to feel it out. And I think it's also like with different friends, you'll have different levels of, of time. You know, like certain friends are just like, Get, Get over, over it already. already. He, he was trash, you know? Like you you were lying to yourself the whole time. But then other friends, it's just like you under, like you completely understand. Like, wow, yeah, that was that was a doozy. I definitely have that. Like I have a friend who went through a breakup and I'm just like this person was trash the entire time. Like they were never not trash. Like it's hard for me to like have a certain level of empathy cuz I'm just like you have victims and you have volunteers. And at a certain point, it's like when you're a volunteer, that's when, to me, for you, someone with healthy boundaries, that's when your patience runs out. When you feel like the person is no longer a victim, they're a volunteer. You're like, I, yeah, I just, I can't. But at the end of the day, anything, the limit for anything is when it's disrupting your peace. That's literally like just the overall life limit. Once something is disrupting your peace, you got to pivot may not mean you need to leave. It may not mean you need to cut them off. But you may at least need to pivot, you know? So that's why I would say, like, when something turns from a challenge to a stress, nah, you need to pivot. Like, when someone is no longer, like, being an uplifter, but they're being a drainer, you got to pivot. Sometimes that's a cut it. You know, when when food is no longer uh, tasting but just filling, yeah, pivot away from that. Get out of there. So that's that. It's all about peace. Peace, 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 peace. We all want peace. Sometimes we don't know that's what we want, but that is actually what all of us really want. Peace. And the people who don't want peace, those are the devils. And those are the ones you have to watch out for. And they're currently in the White House. Next question. My ex broke up with me saying he can't give me what I want after I gave him another chance. He gave me hope that he was going to change, but didn't. And that broke my heart. The first breakup was really bad and he says that he doesn't want me out of his life and that I am his best friend. He has been ignoring me and giving me the cold shoulder. I don't know why he could say that, but act so cold towards me. Because this is somebody who seems very narcissistic because they're doing the push and pull where they just want your attention, but they don't want to actually give anything. I can't diagnose that because I'm also not a professional, but just from my personal experiences, like this is aligned with that behavior in some ways. But really the overall of this is that Friends treat you the way you want to be treated. End of story. Like there's no more to it. You have a conversation or, you know, you have like-minded understandings. And there's a certain like way that people treat you who want to be in your life. And if they don't treat you that way, then they shouldn't be in your life. It doesn't always have to be acrimonious either. Sometimes it's just like, you know what, you live your life a certain way and I live my life a certain way. And we're not meant to be like buds like that, you know. But go in the world and I'm going to see you around. But this person to me just sounds like they're playing games with you and they they have no intention of of genuinely and authentically uplifting you. Stop fighting for something when you're the only one fighting for it. Next question. Why when the breakup happens and your partner sees you shining and glowing without them, that's when they realize they messed up and want to come back? Is it because they want to test the grass and the outside of the fence? I mean, I think it's just like ego. You know, I think that's what that really always ends up boiling down to. It's like someone's ego is like, oh, I had that before and I want that again, you know. And I think there's also people who literally see you shining and they're like, fuck that. I need to get that. She can't be, Mm -mm." you know, like some people like I know, like I get depressed when I just like get like. Close, like too close for comfort examples of somebody who is not a good person like we know that bad people exist in the world but when they like brush up against you or they were actually like inside you it's like that's when you like bug out because you're just like holy shit like it took me so long in therapy to truly understand that a certain person was a narcissist that i had been seeing because it was like no no nobody is that duplicitous But it's like, nah, yeah, like some people are just built that way, you know, and it's like it's a very real realization when you get it and it can make you feel really scared. But like this is an example of like, hey, like when you go up and someone comes back, like it rarely are they coming back because they're like, oh, I didn't know. And now I know. And I want to be a part of it in a genuine way. It's a lot of times I feel like they come back simply because they're like, oh, I want to ride your coattail. Like, I want to drain your glow for my glow. You know, you seem like a really good resource that I'm not getting enough of. But there's other people out there who are like, yo, like I'm glowing over here and it would be dope if you were glowing too because then we can both glow up together. And I think that's what a lot of us really are striving towards. You know, we want somebody who wants to be where they are and you're where you are and you all meet each other eye level and elevate together. And I think sometimes people feel like it's an ideal concept to get to get that. But I, I don't see the point of doing any type of relationship that's any less than that. You know, it just seems to me like anything less than that is uh, a a short or long path to lacking peace. <laughs> so, you know, as far as as long as um as long as you feel like they're coming back and they're coming back and they've advanced, you know, and maybe they're at the level now that you're at then maybe there can be positivity there. But how often is that the case? Next question. In your experience, how have you told the difference between when it's time to break up and when it's just time to put some work and growth into a relationship? If I'm being like honest with myself, I think that there have been times where I thought it needed to have like more growth um, and work in the relationship. And really what it was, was me just kind of like not being ready to give in to what I already know. Um, and so you still kind of trug along and you wait for your heart and mind to align to make that move. Um, but I, I, I personally feel like the, the best way to know that is just to know, like, is that person really showing up? You know, are their actions aligning with their words and vice versa? And, um, you know, sometimes like, people aren't able to give to a relationship at that time in the same way because of like something they're going through or, you know, it can be a phase. And I think that's also one of the things that you have to figure out. Like, is this a phase or is this the person? Person. And I've definitely dealt with that before where, you know, it was just like someone was just like going through some shit and then they got out of it and they, you know, we're back on track, but you kind of got to know somebody's bones to, to, to see that. And, uh, you got to know that that person knows their bones You know, and they they're looking at themselves. I feel I feel like I keep meeting so many men just in the world, not just in romantic spaces, but in the world who are not doing self exploration. They don't know their bones. They don't know their insides. They don't know their insight. So, you know, they don't have control over themselves enough to manage When things come left and come right and, you know, the emotional stuff that happens with that. So a lot of times they just shut down and they just focus on like the kinetic responses to these things, you know, which a lot of times is just about like money and physical. And it's like you're not advancing emotionally and that adds up. And that's a lot of times how folks end up becoming addicts and how folks end up becoming narcissists and how folks end up becoming abusers, you know, because they're not dealing with real feelings and real emotions that exist turns into a cancer so you just gotta kind of listen to yourself and listen to what people are saying and what they're not saying and let it guide you I know for me like my gut is foolproof but I have not fully given it the respect it deserves next question this question literally is simply this Do you take his calls or not? (laughs) I think that really all depends on where you're at in the situation. What the infraction was, you know, like the recent deading that I went through, I didn't take calls a few times. And then it was like, I felt like I just had to take this call to get it done. And when I took that call, the person gave me a new sense of closure that I actually needed uh, because they just they did they just ah, wow. They demonstrated that they are an absolute narcissist and they proceeded to gaslight me in a way that I had never experienced in my life before. And I needed to see that because it gave me a concrete extinction level event to let me know that it is time to move on. It was like Cloverfield dropped from the sky at the same time as a nuclear bomb exploded at the same time that Michael Jackson dropped a new video at the same time that literally just like, uh, Aang became the, the super avatar, like that all happened at one time. And then Goku got super sank. I needed all of those things to happen. So that I could be like, I don't have to answer your calls anymore. I don't have to answer the call anymore. And it also gives you a, a, you know, kind of like a space to like compartmentalize your feelings. As we talked about in the gem drop-in. You're not missing this relationship. You're just missing a relationship. But nothing about breakups is easy. And I think that's like the biggest thing. That we have to understand about like life and just this whole path. I think sometimes we, we romanticize like, I should be over this, this by now. now. Which brings us to our next question. How long is too long to be hung up on an ex? I mean, how long are you going to let your peace be disrupted by somebody that doesn't want to be with you? How long are you going to let your peace be disrupted by some mistake that you made that you can possibly correct with a new person? You know? At a certain point, it's like the healing does become about you making it happen. You know, and that's the hard part, is like taking control. And um, we're going to talk about that in that one time. Last question. With hindsight being twenty twenty, were there signs you didn't see or maybe even chose not to see in the moment? Well, I can say 1,000% that I have been a victim of, of persistence. Like, I will see a sign... And I will be like, oh, no, I'm good. But then if that person is persistent enough, a lot of times, you know, you start doubting your gut. And I've made a deal with myself that I'm just not going to doubt my gut anymore. Because my gut is the same gut that I use for business. And that gut be knowing. You know, like, I knew that it was time to get a different engineer. And then we got Brendan. And Brendan is a fucking master. Give it up for yourself, Brendan. You know what I'm saying? but that's my gut though in business i just know because i don't do things out of impulse i think about it i sleep on it i i study it and it's like in relationships i i'm working to do the same thing and then follow through i'm almost there i'm like 3 quarters of the way there cuz so i'm i am thinking about it i am researching it i am sleeping on it and then i'm still like but maybe and that but maybe is where they can get in with the persistence. When even though I already know, like, no bueno. No No bueno. No bueno. Adios. And the reason I went to Spanish is because in breakups, I only listen to Spanish-speaking music because salsa is very up-tempo, but I don't know what they're saying. So it keeps you in high spirits without triggering you with words. Because, you know, when you go through a breakup, you could literally hear any word. Like, you could be listening to, like, a song and they're like... You know, it's just anything can happen. So you got to protect yourself. So if you do speak Spanish, maybe you should just listen to French. No, don't listen to French music. French music is depressing no matter what language you're listening into. That That one one time. time. (laughs) I wanted to use this that one time to talk about. The kind of techniques that I have employed uh, in breakups. And I know it sounds kind of morbid to be like, damn, like we got to know techniques. But if you are somebody who's like in the world and you have standards and you are, you know, um, I guess just kind of not looking for just any relationship, like you're going to have to deal with breakups because things are not just going to naturally just be like Ta-da, every, every the first time. Like you're going to have to kind of manage, you know, the tumultuousness of meeting people and things not working and that is very emotionally, physically, and mentally draining, and you can't always do it just, like, by yourself. I think that there's, like, sometimes a, a too much pressure. It's kind of like when women are pregnant, have a baby, and then they're expected to be, like, flat tummy tea by day two. It's like, why? who put this pressure on folks? And I think when strong women go through breakups, we're expected to just, like, suck it up, you know? I, I've even had the dude that broke up with me Expect me to, like, just be able to be chums the next—I'm like, I, I can't be your friend yet. Like, even if, like, this isn't, like, a bad breakup per se, like, I can't do that yet. Like, I need to translate you. I need to get you. You were—you—I built a compartment for you that I now have to dismantle and and rework to fit the new space that you are in my life. And that's going to take some time. It may not take forever, You know, I mean, it may only take a month, who knows, but it's going to take some time. And I need you to be patient with me in that space. So I deal with breakups mentally, physically and emotionally. And, um, you know, what I say when I say that, I mean that there's like different ways that I deal with it in those different spaces. So first off, the physical spins in the physical sense. It's like we can sometimes have a tendency to eat too much or to drink too much or to just too much. And I try to only apply the too much to working out (laughs) because it can get you the dopamine and the endorphins that help to bring you like positive energy. And even if working out is just like dancing, right? Like just dancing. Sometimes I just be in this house dancing to just get my energy up to a positive like feeling and And it's, it's also when you work out, you feel like you are taking back control. You feel like you're like taking the reins on your health. And whenever you do anything in regards to a breakup that requires you saying, I'm going to do this, it, it helps you because breakups feel like you're out of control. It feels like something that made sense no longer makes sense now and it kind of turns your world topsy-turvy. And so when you do things physically that are your control, it actually is – it's like a mind trickery to remind you that like, no – you can get back a certain sense to a foundation. I also clean, like I tidy up. I make my space. I try and like make my space better. Make my space. Sometimes it's it's about like redecorating. Sometimes it's just like changing your sheets, you know. Especially if that person was like living with you or sleeping over. Like just refresh the space, you know. Get new flowers. These are things that seem gratuitous, but in this world of just like timey people and the management of your emotions. You got to do whatever makes sense. So you got to figure out maybe like what are your physical ways of getting yourself out of a space that's just downtrodden. Then there's the mental. On the mental side of things, I think – That's probably, like, even more so than the emotional. I think the mental is the part that, like, really fucks with me and my Ravenclaw self because I then find myself trying to, like, science the person and, like, figure them out and, like, try and understand the math of the situation. And, like, none of this shit is rational. There's no grid. There's no formula. So you're doing a fool's effort. (laughs) And also, you can't figure someone else out. And nine times out of ten... They haven't even figured themselves out. So what are you going to come through and do? All you can do is manage your own mental space. And the way that I've been working on doing that is that I compartmentalize and I list what am I actually upset about. Because it helps me from swimming from pendulum to pendulum from wall from the windows to the walls of the relationship. And just managing to deal with the specific things that have upset me. This person upset me because they represented themselves fraudulently. This person also upset me because they yelled at me and said demeaning things to me that upset me. This person upset me because they um, misused my trust and they took advantage of me. You know, and so you can, I don't know about you, but for me, like I can manage those things better than I can manage the whole thought process of why did this happen? why did this happen? Like, how? why did this person come into my space? You're never going to get the answer to that. You know, like, people come into your space and you know if you let them in or not. And the only thing you can do to deal with that is say, now I recognize these things and I will make sure that the next time I see them, I actually listen to myself instead of giving them the benefit of the doubt, which we like to think is us being, like, good people and that's an ego thing. We like to think that when we give someone the benefit of the doubt who is showing us behaviors that we know to be problematic that we're being a bigger person. Or we like to think that like we're 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 expanding our ability to trust. It all comes back though to thinking that we're growing. <laughs> and we're really you're really not. You're just hopeful and it's it's fair and I get it. Y'all, I get it. Like, it's just like, I want somebody. So let me make this allowance, maybe. It It never never works works out, out, though, does does it? it? So it behooves us to just kind of, like, pay attention. And when people show you who they are, believe them and block them. And lastly, there's the emotional part. And um, emotionally, which I think is, like, a very hard part for a lot of us, is the way that I deal with that is first with meditation. I know some people are like, meditation? Like, that feels like you're going deeper in. And it's like, yes and no. It's almost like you have to go, like, into the crevasse. It's like you got to, like, just dive into that shit. I have a whole playlist called Sad White Girl Music for that purpose. You know, it's like, that's why you have Sarah McLachlan. That's why you have Fiona Apple. That's why you have Jewel when she was, like, doing sad songs, you know? Because you got to really go there. You got to It's like you got to touch base, man. You got to touch base to get back out there. And when you meditate, it's almost like you get a clean slate to do that. Because when you meditate, what you're doing is you're clearing the mechanism, right? You're 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 clearing the space and you're just getting yourself back to center. And I will like I will like meditate in the morning and I may go into that space at some point. But I'll try to come back to meditate before I go to sleep, because you really have so many feelings going on at one time and meditating just helps you to just get back to square. But also you got to cry y'all. You got to cry. It's like you're not any stronger for not crying. I mean, I think there's a limit, you know, there's a certain point where you got to be like, okay, no more tears. This is, I got a Johnson and Johnson, this shit, no more tears, you know, but it's a real thing. And I also like to put my emotions to work. You know what I mean? Like whether it's creatively or conversationally um, or doing a podcast, (laughs) you know, it's like you put the emotions to work. And that way they're not just, like, inside of you. And sometimes, like, when I say conversationally, I mean, like, just talking it out. Go to therapy if you can. Or talk to the friends you have who are not, like, fuck that friends. You have certain friends who will literally just always be like, fuck that nigga. Those are not the friends to talk to because... They're just genuinely negative people. (laughs) They may be really good in other parts of your life, but not in this particular instance. This particular instance, you need people who can see things in a bigger picture and who genuinely simply just want you to be like happy. And they're not going to just throw negativity at you because that doesn't necessarily like make you happy. All right. So those are my three tiers of getting through a breakup. At the end of the day, the shit ain't easy. People, you know, always feel like they can just come back into your life whenever they want to. You have to build boundaries. You have to know what you want. You have to have limitations. And I do feel like if you want to manifest what you want, then you have to be able to say, like, no, this is not good for me. But bottom line, use your block option on your phone. Let me just say that. Use the block. And we like to be like, oh, you know, I'm not going to block him because that feels like it's so extra. Quit lying. You're not blocking the person because you still want the possibility of them to come back. You still feel like they may call you and tell you some shit that's going to change everything that happened. Now, depending on what took place, that may be the case. But I think that we both, we both, as if it's just me and you talking. It's just me and you talking. I think we both know that that person is not somebody you need to be talking to. And you don't need to hear from them because it's not gonna help you. Block it, baby. Block it. Baby day. The last dose. I hope that this episode has been very enlightening for you all. Uh, I did, uh, I did uh, reveal some information. Um, about my own personal experiences in this uh, in this episode. And I think it was important. I think it's important because I feel like people don't uh, show enough transparency. And I want y'all to know that like when I talk about these things, like I'm not talking from like a place of like, oh, like I'm so knowledgeable and I'm there's no condescension here. It's like shit that you're going through, you know, I'm going through, you know? And I think that especially when you're dealing with like narcissists in particular, it is, Very easy to be tempted into thinking you're insane for feeling feelings about someone who is an insane person or somebody who is a negative person or who somebody is a trashy person. But you're a human. And if anyone brought you any kind of goodness, you're going to miss that. That's just a fact. That's how people get Stockholm Syndrome and all this type of shit. So be easy on yourself. Be easy on yourself. Love yourself. And in loving yourself, know when it's time to go. Don't let somebody... Continue to mistreat you. When you see a gaslight, don't try to fucking cook with it. Bounce, especially if you feel like you've seen it already. Don't keep looking for another example of it. Because some of these motherfuckers will gaslight you from 93 till infinity. Don't let them. Stop it, move it, and set forth. So you can continue on a path to discovering something that is for you, something that is about you, and something that uplifts you and that you can do the same to in return. Never let these breakups stop you from believing that you can get the love that you give. That's the key. It may be a breakup, but it doesn't have to break you. Keep your heart three stacks. It's a good show.